Hey friends, welcome back to the Energy Matters podcast. I'm here with my favorite wizard, Cody Edner. His beard is invisible. It's like that train track in Harry Potter. It's there. You just can't see it yet, but it's there. You know, when you grow up, Cody, you'll be able to grow more facial hair. It, it takes time. You know? Right, right. And if you're listening Long to this, beard. <laughs> if you're not watching the video, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Welcome back. In this episode, we want to talk about energy tools, specifically the ones me and Cody practice and use ourselves and teach our students. And we're doing a new intuitive development training, which we do once well, we haven't taught it in a couple of years, and a new one is starting this March 2022. And you could get all that info if you just click. We're going to put the link in the description or go to energymattersacademy.com. So when it comes to energy tools, this is, for me, kind of the foundation of when I teach meditation. I like to teach people tools, first of all, because if you tell someone, hey, just sit still, that's really hard. <laughs> if you could literally just sit still, let your thoughts pass and be in total, total, total silence and stillness for indefinite periods of time, I think you're done. I think you're good. Right. right? For the rest of us, resistance arises that we can't deal with. We feel energy and pain. Our thoughts swirl around us. We don't know what to do with them. You know, we feel like we have a lack of boundaries. We're disconnected. There's all of these energies that arise that we want to learn how to work with. And what me and Cody teach is how to be able to see energy, how to heal, how to read energy, how to find your own next step, how to know your own answers. And so we teach energy tools so that you could have a foundation and a structure to develop your spiritual abilities in a grounded, healthy way. That's, for me, what the intuitive tools are for, to have that structure. And for me, what I loved, the one of the first tools I ever learned, and maybe you could share next about yours, for me, learning how to ground myself was like one of the most fundamental tools that I learned. I was like, holy crap. When I learned how to ground myself energetically, I was like, I am so ungrounded most of the time i was just in especially my early 20s i was just floating around the ethers you know looking down at my body like oh that must suck <laughs> and so for example like the ground one of the grounding tools we teach is uh is a line of energy or maybe a tree trunk that extends from the base of the spine down into the earth and in meditation we visualize and see that and then it really helps us connect into the planet. I almost see it as like an umbilical cord, you know, from the human body into the mother earth, right? That like tether so that as a spirit, we don't float away. Because, yeah, the body might be on this planet, but part of you might be off somewhere else, fantasizing in the future, lost in the past, in another dimension, just checked out completely. And so this, the grounding really helped me start to get here more and more. And I spent years practicing this tool. And then going into deeper layers, like, am I grounding through other people instead of myself, right? Like, hey, can I live on your couch, borrow your money, use your car, whatever? Uh, or are people grounding through me that's keeping me from being grounded? So, you know, there's layers of complexity there. But that fundamental tool was so profound, such a profound shift for me. 
What about for you? What was the tool that you learned early on that really shifted your life? Yeah, well, grounding certainly is a powerful tool. And that I remember learning to ground and having this profound kind of sense of, wow, there's something really different about this. But I think as you were talking about, the tools really bring a level of focus to, say, that intuitive development or even just the inner experience of uh, meditating. Because my struggle with meditating was always that I could sit there, I, I could sit just fine. I mean, I don't have a problem sitting. I've, I've always kind of had that ability to where, you know, I could just sit and stay uh, kind of almost in a way grounded or still like out in nature or whatever. Uh, but I couldn't stay present. My mind would wander off in, and it's almost like I would feel like I went somewhere else. If, you know, so I'm trying to stay focused and then I would feel like I was somewhere else. And I wouldn't really know that was happening until I came back and I'd go, whoa, where was I type of a thing. Um, and so sometimes that was going off on a stream of thoughts that would come up or a tangent in that way. Sometimes it felt almost like just going somewhere else within the mind. Like, uh, I don't even know if it was a fantasy or another dimension, who knows? So one of the biggest tools for me was learning to be centered or be in the center of the head and in coming into that place it was like whoa i i don't know that i'm here in this way very much if ever that i was often and of course i was learning this when i was like 18 or something so i was often uh off in a lot of other thoughts or a lot of other uh kind of mental dimensions the past the future you know some other whatever so that was a really powerful tool to be able to uh, get focused in a way that it was very easy to notice if I lost that focus. And I think that's part of what having a real clear tool helps. It's, it's not that it's a challenge to, say, get grounded or get centered. It's a challenge to stay in those places. But how do you know if you've lost it, if it's just a concept? But when it's a tool, it becomes a very clear picture and a very clear space that you're in so that when you lose it, you recognize it very quickly so you can come back. So being in the center of my head as we teach it became uh, you know, a place or even my first experience with it was like, wow, I've never really been this clear in myself just in that moment. And then in learning to meditate and kind of extending that practice, getting grounded and coming into the center of my head was a very clear thing to do. And then I, if I felt myself drifting off, I found that I could catch it very quickly, come back to that point of focus. It's a great and, tool. And that was a big, big thing for me because I don't know that I was really present in that way, maybe ever. So there's certainly something about the tools and what we teach and what we teach people to practice that's not just about being more intuitive, but about being more present in yourself and in day-to-day -day life. Like it, that's kind of one of the, the bigger things that happens, I think. You know, uh, we spend most of our conscious awareness in our heads already, but it's right. like, it's, it's, it's almost like vague. 
Like I know most of my awareness is up in my head, unless I'm like a professional dancer or an athlete, right? Working right. out all the time and then it's in the body. But for most people, they're kind of in their heads, but in an ungrounded, uncentered way. So the center of head tool helps you learn how to see kind of a room in the center of your head, put yourself in the middle of that, and then clean the space up when you need to. I remember right. the first time I ever went in the center of my head, it was like a little dark closet. I was like, where the hell are the lights? <laughs> what, what's going on here? Well, you know, or maybe it's like 1970s furniture, or maybe you find there's dozens of other people in there talking and it's really loud or it's messy or it's ungrounded, or maybe you're not even just facing the right direction. So like part of being in the center of your head and cleaning the space up is you're really awakening that mind's eye, that third eye, that ability to see. So I almost imagine it like sometimes the front of my head is like a big glass window where I could see out, you know, so I could see images, I could see memories, I could see thoughts. Maybe I can even see into other people. Just like physically, I could see you right now. We were looking at each other, right. staring into each other's eyes through the camera here on Zoom. <laughs> As I can see Cody, but with my physical eyes closed, my inner eye opens and I, maybe I could still see Cody, but now other parts of him in a deeper, let's say more energetic way. Right. So when we close those physical eyes, we have to go somewhere and we have to orient ourselves. I can also go into my heart right? I can go into my gut. There, It's not to say you have to be in your head. It's just right. one place. And when you're in your head, you can start to see energy. But to do that, you might have to clean this space up. And that's why we meditate. And there are some kind of tools that go along with the center of head tool. It's definitely one of the most profound tools I ever learned. Right. Well, and, and there's a common misconception when we say it in that way of being in the center of your head, that that equates with that experience of day-to-day -day being in your head, which is actually being caught in a stream of thoughts. It's not actually in the center of your head as presence. I think Eckhart Tolle, I heard him describe having a thought have you versus you having a thought as an experience that would really speak to you're in your head, but you're not present. Just because you're in the thoughts that are happening uh, that's not the same as conscious presence that we teach or discover in energy awareness. It really is going into that place, like you say, as a room that takes you into the mind's eye or into the intuitive mind versus the thinking mind. And that that's actually a, like an energy level. It's a feeling that you step into or an energy you step into uh, that we guide someone into that space that's a little different place than where you might be thinking or concentrating uh, trying to solve problems or intellectualizing from it's not that those things can't happen it's just there's another thing that happens in that mind's eye or in that intuitive vision type space and you can see the other person and it's it's like i see you with my eyes in a particular way and when I move into that other place, I see you in a different way. Uh, it's almost like we we might see something, if you've ever seen those images of infrared vision. So you see the thing one way through a camera and you put an infrared filter on and suddenly now you see all the colors that it relates to. 
that's a little bit more like what it is to see someone as an energy field, to see their aura, to see them um, yeah. beyond, say, the body alone. And the energy field, working with the energy field is another tool. It's yeah. all, another one of my favorites. My mother told me once that she was at a, a party that Bill Clinton, former, the pres former president, was at. And she said there were hundreds of people at this party. And she vividly remembered like his charisma being so big, it like took up the whole room. You could feel right. his energy from the other side of the room. I think when people get on stage or they have big charismas like that, their energy feels like really big. And then other people who are like shy, hiding from the world, their energy feels like real small, tight around their bodies. And when I started working with this tool of envisioning it, feeling it, seeing it, it's like, oh, I could be big. I could be small. I could, you know, feel balanced. Do I need to always be seen and be the biggest energy in the room? Do I need to be hiding? You know, those kinds of awarenesses and then having a tool to kind of help guide that energy was so, so helpful for me. There may be moments in life I need to be big. You know, if I'm teaching a class, maybe take up a little bit more space than if I'm with 10 people having a conversation, do I need to be the center of attention all the time? You know, for me, when someone's charisma is like too much all the time, I'm like, is that a narcissist I'm dealing with? But like, what's this obsession of needing to take up all the oxygen in the room all the time, right? So maybe you inflate or you deflate and this tool of learning to work with your energy field is really powerful. And also learning to recognize, is my energy field full of other people's energy? Like, is it full of other people's pain or pictures or needs, expectations, desires? Is it really me in here or am I carrying around my whole tribe? Right. And that kind of awareness and then learning how to release that energy so that it is really just me in here. Is, was so helpful as well. It helped me be able to find my own answers. Because if you're full of other people's energy and you go to meditate to find an answer, you're just going to hear and see all that noise and feel all that emotion. And the answer is like a needle in a haystack. So a lot of the energy work we do is kind of letting that stuff go so there's clarity that rises to the surface. Uh, so I love the, the energy tool and your energy field tool, and then the boundaries, the healthy boundaries that that tool can bring. Yeah, I, I, as well, I like that tool. One of the things I like about that awareness and the tool of it is, it, it's not like it isn't already happening that your energy field might get shrunk, you know, be small, or it might be big, and it interacts in ways that may or may not really be uh, something that you have any awareness of. But as we bring awareness to it, you start to gain a sense of the ability to control that, like you say. So it's not that it just happens to you where you your energy extends in to fill a room that you're in and now you, you feel everybody too much in you almost. You can set that boundary to your comfort level. And when you do start to recognize that you might be carrying other people's energies that is a tremendous step in healing yourself because i have had people learn this tool and meditate and then come to me and say oh my gosh i when i would sit with myself i would be uncomfortable with myself and i realized that wasn't me i was uncomfortable with 
some other energy I had in my energy space. And when I removed it, I suddenly discovered a place to be comfortable with myself. Mm. That's a tremendous step to be able to take. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And then what happens is like, when you're when it's really just your energy and it's really vibing with who you are, your authentic nature is coming out of you. Other people sense that, whether they're aware of it or not. And they're like, I like that. And I remember when I was in the middle of this training and I was starting to really refine my energy living in Hawaii. I, I was doing some marketing for a company and sales. And I, I gave a talk to a group of people. So I, I was running in the intuitive training school in Hawaii and on the side, I was doing some of this other stuff. And I remember a woman coming up to me going, Hey, um, what do you do? And I was like, well, I do, I do this. She goes, no, your energy is different. I could feel it. You do something else. And I was like, Oh, well, I am the director of a, like a meditation, you know, school. I just kept it vague. And she goes, yeah, that's what it is. I want, I want your energy. I want what you have. And I was like, whoa, back up. <laughs> don't, don't touch my field. Um, no, I was like, well, I can't give you what I have, what I've cultivated. But if you want to come learn the tools and you can cultivate it yourself, then that's a possibility. And I, I'll never forget it. She's like, no, I just want what you have. I, I don't remember if she was joking or not. But I was like, yeah. And then I, I specifically remember taking a trip back to the East Coast. I grew up in New Jersey, visiting family and friends. And one of my friends, he said to me, you look different. Did you cut your hair? Did you get a tan? Is it the Hawaii living? And I was like, no, no, it's the energy. <laughs> but he, he knew he was looking at something that had shifted in me. You just didn't know what or how to phrase it. You know, he was looking, he had to try to find something physical because that's the way he saw the world, but it was, it was energetic. So when we start to refine that energy field, those things start to happen and it could open up all kinds of doorways, you know, all kinds of cool opportunities. Mm -hmm. Another tool, I, don't, I guess I would call it a tool that I really like is working with the individual energy centers and learning how to open them, close them, ground them, heal them. So I call them chakras, energy centers, kind of going from the base of the spine up to the crown of the head. And that was really big for me in intuitive development, learning what each one was about, learning how to manage the energy in each one. If I was over-reliant on one, you know, always defaulting to feeling things or fighting or intellectualizing, you know, and learning how to really bring them all into harmony. So when it comes to, for example, intuitive abilities like feeling, seeing, hearing, knowing, you know, using all of those senses together the way we do for the physical world, seeing, touching, tasting, hearing, all putting those together, there's these intuitive senses for energy that we could kind of integrate that makes us aware on a whole nother level. And using the energy centers for that was, was big for me. I don't know if, if uh, you feel the same way about yeah. that one. Well, and there's an aspect of that. It's learning to shift your energy focus up into the place where you would see energy or access maybe some of these higher intuitive abilities. Because we all pretty easily will have what we would consider the feeling 
empathic or gut feeling ability to read a room. Uh, but as we shift our energy up to that mind's eye or to the knowingness, we get a whole different perspective and we can open ourselves up to uh, more energy perception from there and feel safe where some of the other energy centers, if we rely on them too much, we get overwhelmed with the information that comes in. Yeah. So I like that ability to shift our energy in and out of the different energy centers as a point of focus and awareness. Um, the other one that really stands out to me that I enjoyed in intuitive training because the center of the head was so power, it was so powerful for me to come back. It was a very powerful tool for me to learn then how to leave and go kind of different places consciously. So energetically project oneself on different levels because I was doing that already. So to then learn how to bring that to greater awareness and discover about what I was already doing, but then be able to really come back to full presence right here uh, became a very powerful tool for me. Almost like astral projection, almost like in that, the in yes. the waking state. In the waking yeah. state, though, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of fun, and we do it all the time. You know, we go to another yeah. person, even well, energetically, and so to gain control over that as a tool, and uh, you know, show up for someone energetically when needed, and but then also come back from that. It's a very both fun and and kind of enjoyable to like explore that part of uh, energy and intuitive awareness and also very Agreed. powerful and freeing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. I definitely would do a lot of that as well. I was very, my parents used to call me a space cadet growing up. Right. So I was just like, woo, off onto cloud nine. You know, I think we had a little similarity with that. Both of us. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still coming back. <laughs> right. Takes a while. <laughs> takes a takes a, a minute, you know. I found, you know, just going back, you mentioned a cartoli earlier about being present in the center of head. Usually in the beginning stages of like spiritual awakening, one of the first things that can happen is like a separation between awareness and thought, right? Now you're aware, now you're the observer of thought. So you're not totally identified with the story in your head. Like people who are constantly like, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. Oh my God, what she said, what he said, what they did what happened. You know, they're just completely identified. Every anxious thought makes them anxious. Every angry thought makes them angry. They're just identified with this, with the movie playing in the screen of their mind's eye on the screen of their mind's eye. So that first initial kind of spiritual awakening often is when we, that separates, right? Eckhart Tolle gives you a beautiful description of how that happened to him in the middle of the night, one night. And then we can't just sit and, you know, Eckhart sat on a park bench for a couple of years and just kind of let it integrate. At a certain we don't point, all have we, that luxury. We don't have that luxury, right? Yeah. Might have yeah. kids or a job. He didn't have money. He didn't have family, didn't kids have or a job. Yeah. No, he was just chilling. So uh, we have to reintegrate, you know, really come into the body and, and deal with energy and life. And so we first have that kind of separation of awareness and thought, but then we can go, okay, I'm the being 
that's at the center of this, having this experience that thoughts pass through and feelings pass through and energy passes through. Now, what are the tools that I need to manage this world and this energy in a grounded, healthy way? In other words, like, how can I be a spiritual being in a physical body, physical experience, living a very grounded, fulfilling, purpose-driven life? And what tools do I need to do that? Yes, being grounded, being in the center of your head, having healthy boundaries, knowing how to let go of other people's pain, learning how to find your own answers by seeing energy in meditation, which is another tool that we teach. So you get in your head, how do you find an answer for yourself? We have a whole structure for that as well. Otherwise, it's it, it seems like it becomes an either or. So either I'm in this world and everything's you know, like we were have talked about in the past, everything's just can only be love and light because if I'm in this world, then I don't know how to deal with what's in the other world or I'm down in the other world. So it's like that awakening and that separation, in a way you're traversing two worlds and how do you integrate yourself to have both awarenesses and function in both? And I think that's what the tools help us bridge that gap. Exactly. Yeah. They kind of help give us a path forward. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, you know, the intuitive training that we're teaching, that's the whole thing is how to develop these tools so that you can live in the world as a spiritual being in a physical body. And if you are a healer, a coach or teacher, creator of some kind, use those tools to enhance whatever it is you're already doing by developing that intuitive skill set. I found it enormously helpful in everything I do in life, relationships, career, kind of all of the above. And shameless self-plug. <laughs> oh, you got a notification right there. David's about to plug his book. No, the Seven Energies of the Soul book that I wrote is, you know, I, use, I do kind of use the inspiration of the chakras as a framework for each right. energy of the soul. And a prism to look at like, okay, I want to develop each part of my life in a healthy way, my career space, my relationships, my creativity, all of these areas might, you know, have a purpose-driven life. But then the next question naturally is, well, what tools do I need to be able to do that? How, using meditation and energy work, do I balance my energy from being a deficient lover or, or an excessive creator you know, an ungrounded artist or a self-absorbed master, whatever it is, how do I balance my energy and heal so that I can fulfill every energy in every area of life? So I, I really kind of, I see it all integrating in, in that way. And when I work with students or clients, they may say, hey, David, I'm stuck on this relationship thing. And then we look deeper and there's some like issues around being grounded or in their body. There's issues around some pain they're holding on to. They don't know how to manage. Maybe they absorb other people's pain. There's issues around them being trusting their own answers and learning how to see them. So I, I teach them the tools so that they can find all those answers and the healings that they need to live a really grounded, happy, healthy life. Otherwise, like what the hell else are we here for? You know? Right. 
Yeah. You just want to no, scream exactly. the whole way through your earthly experience. <laughs> I fucking hate this. Just wait for the end. Or do you want to right. turn this thing? Do you want to turn this ship around and actually deal with the anxiety or whatever it is and enjoy your time here? Yeah. I, I mean, I certainly think we are here to expand our awareness. This is just my personal thought and come to an, an understanding or get answers about who we are. Uh, but I also think we're here to create. And I think what you're talking to is about creating in the in the world in each of those parts of ourselves, like finding how it is maybe we would express that part of ourselves and what that might create or bring into the world in general and then just our own personal journey, of course. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm a purpose-driven, obsessed kind of person. I'm Oh, my cat, right. my cat's at the door going, Meow, let me in. I want to talk about this. <laughs> Imagine you stay there, girl. So, uh, you know, every day when I wake up, I'm thinking, how can I serve the world? What's my purpose here? Am I living the most fulfilled life I possibly can? And I sit and meditate and look at that for myself. And I use these tools to help me work through all the layers of energy and find those answers. Every decision, every business and life decision I make, I use these tools to help myself really intuitively tune in to the answers uh, that life is presenting me. And they're already there. We're just kind of uncovering them. Right. I really see it as a mostly of an uncovering of what's already there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the one of the misconceptions kind of taking off on that perspective is that you have to see the whole picture or get the whole answer before you know what to do. And I think the beauty of these tools and coming into this place to look at a question is to realize one to you start to be able to trust yourself enough to realize that you really only need to see the next step and at, and move in that direction and the bigger picture will emerge in terms of <clears throat> in terms of what you're creating yeah um, exactly but we often get stuck going well i don't know what i want to be doing in this very meta big way like i don't have that answer yet but as an intuitive you can go inward and say well what do i need to do today to be in alignment with this inner self or this inner energy of spirit of my path and mm -hmm. when you can see that then you can always take action toward fulfilling your path and ultimately you'll see this bigger idea of what it is you're doing but being able to ask that simple question and then take a step each day is one of the things i found that's so powerful in yeah. getting into that place of looking um, it's like you so. start to uh and you also just start to resonate with life mm -hmm. if you're full of everyone's pain and expectations and ideas you, you can't really resonate with life. You can't be on the radio station that's like 101 point my path. You know, you're kind of, right. you're, you're torn and pulled in so many directions. It's just going to sound fuzzy. And then you get used to the fuzzy invalidation of like, I just don't know yeah. where I should be going well, or who I and am. And if you're in that state, even if you do take a step in the right direction for yourself, it doesn't necessarily feel good because... Mm -hmm you're experiencing that that heaviness and fuzziness of every all the other pain and distraction so you do have to clear the airways a little bit so that when you do take that step you get the feedback that validates it the, you know it's like a um, mm -hmm. kind of a feedback loop that's validating 
you know. Sometimes the step is to avoid pitfalls and cul-de-sacs. Like I don't see this energy taking me anywhere that's going to fulfill me. You know, that's not the path to take, and that's not the path to take. There's all very much those kinds of steps as well. You you start to see oh, this relationship isn't right for me, or that friendship, or that career step. You know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's also those decisions. I was just going to say super empowering tools. I hope that everybody learns them one day on some level right. and integrates them yeah. and brings some healing to themselves in the world. That's a way of me saying uh, we're coming towards the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I just want to say that makes me think as you describe both sides of what you might see in an answer is that what what we really teach are the tools to get into that place to look for and see your answer we don't teach what the answer is it's it's not that the answer is going to be the grandiose picture of i need to be going in this direction and it's not that it's going to be oh i need to avoid all these things it's going to be whatever you need when you're looking in that moment because it's you being able to find your answer and we're not teaching what that answer is we're teaching you how to find it so then you're free to go do that you don't need us anymore at best when we're done you don't need us anymore but you might hopefully will still like us (laughs) (laughs) because me and cody need that validation so leave a review somewhere i would say yeah for me it's been a complete complete life-changing experience learning all these tools and, and integrating them and is kind of my secret weapon right so if you want to learn the secret weapons as well intuitive training starts march 2022 come learn the tools come really shift your energy if you can't afford it do you have scholarships all that jazz let us know it's uh, energymattersacademy.com and uh, if I don't plug my book, my publisher will be very upset with me. <laughs> so it's uh, The Seven Energies of the Soul. It comes out two twenty two twenty two. Maybe it'll be helpful for you on the path as well. Cody, thanks for hanging, yeah, as always. Thank you, David. Yeah, as and, always. Uh, great. Love you all. See you in the next episode of the Energy Matters podcast. Be well. See you all soon. <laughs>